Well, it is my privilege to announce, uh, to announce, to introduce uh, my good friend Chris Leeper. I'm so glad we're on Zoom because you can't tell how much taller he is than me when we're on these little boxes. Um, Chris is, um, we first interacted maybe five or six years ago, um, connected through a mutual friend who is kind of a spiritual father in, in California. And um, uh, after he died in just an untimely way, Chris had been helping him and just kind of stepped into that role. Um, he's doing a number of things throughout the state of California, working with Pray California, um, has an initiative called the 40 Days of Hope and is really doing all kinds of things in prayer and unity throughout the state of California. And he also has an amazing family of eight kids uh, that I had the privilege of staying with right before the pandemic hit. And uh, just having times of worship and prayer with his family was really awesome. So Chris, over to you. We're so honored to have you with us. Um, Holy Spirit really put you on my heart and on Melody's heart. So we really are excited to hear what you have for us tonight. Amen. Well, thank you so much. I'm I'm privileged and honored to be with all of you and to be able to share anything with this group. Um, I just pray the Lord will just fill my mouth with uh, everything he wants to say to us and anything I miss out, he'll put it inside of you. And so, Father, I just uh, commit this time to you in Jesus' name. To, I, I titled this message, Heaven on Earth, and it came out of reading John 17. So today we're going to talk about John and really uh, some passages from John th uh, chapter 13 through John 17. And uh, But in John 17, uh, this passage that we're all very familiar with, uh, verse 20 through 23, says, I do not ask for these only but also for those who will believe in me uh, through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me and as i was reading this i was i was really blessed that the lord actually defines what oneness is he doesn't just leave it as that they may all be one but he actually unpacks it for us to see that this oneness is actually beyond human reach that there's no possible way that in our human strength that we could be one as the Father is in the Son. But the Lord is praying a prayer that only He can answer. This is very important. Like as we are interceding and as we are pursuing this unity in the Spirit, this unity in the body of Christ, we need to recognize that there is no possible way that, that this can humanly happen that God actually is praying a prayer that he is planning to answer. And so it's all, and I want to uh, overemphasize or, or emphasize this as a banner, that it's all about heaven on earth. It's all about heaven coming to earth. It's about heaven inside of us, 
The, the scripture says that the Lord stretches out the heavens like a tent to dwell in. So we know that heaven's not heaven without God. And, and, and heaven being on earth would be God's presence all over the earth. And the, this is the Lord's intent, even in this prayer, that the world would know that we are his by our oneness and our love for one another. In Genesis, I want to I point out a few passages that talk about really God wanting heaven on earth. In Genesis, he says, it, it says that, that we are made in his image and in his likeness. He told Moses to design the tabernacle based on the design in heaven. In Daniel, he talks about a rock that is not cut with man's hands. And that God's kingdom fills the earth from that one rock. That God's kingdom fills the earth. In Matthew, Jesus teaches us to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think it's interesting that Jesus is is teaching this prayer when Daniel prophesies Jesus is the one who's, who's the rock that is not cut with man's hands. And he crushes the statue, the, the image of, of the cultures of that time, of the nations that ruled of that time. He crushes those, those statues. And he, and he tells his disciples, I want you to pray this way because the intent of God is to fill the earth with his kingdom. He calls, he calls us a holy nation. And in Matthew, he says, I want you to disciple the nations. And in Isaiah chapter 42, this is a passage that I've uh, preached on in the past and I've been very emphatic about. And then I realized I was wrong. In Isaiah 42, it's the, the Lord is talking about Jesus' servant. He says, I will, I will not share my glory with another. It's a very sobering passage. It talks about the goodness, the, the, how good the Lord is. He says, I will not share my glory with another. I, it's as if the Father is saying, I've searched the whole earth to find someone who's worthy of my glory, and I found him. I found my servant, Jesus, who I will not share my glory with anyone but him. But then we see in John 17, that the Lord says, the glory in which you have given me, I give to them. This oneness that the Lord is wanting us to embrace is so incredible that it, it should really blow our mind. But it, he, he says that the glory which the Father has given me, I give to you. In Isaiah 42, it says, I will not share my glory with another. What has the Lord done to us that we actually have the capability or the capacity to actually be united with him as the Father is united with the Son? That's what I want to talk about today. What has he done to us? that he's actually given us the capability to, to be in such unity with the Father and the Son that we are one with them, that we're literally one with the Trinity. 
God has done something. He has done something that, that requires our acceptance. He has done something in this new creation family that he's created. He's done something to us so that we actually have the capacity to carry the glory of God. When I was in uh, Mexico recently, I was teaching in a, in a uh, conference, and I was sharing some of this, and, and, and I stopped, and it hit me. We are the glory of God. In Habakkuk, it says this, For the earth will, f will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The scripture says that they may be one or that you would love one another so that the world would know that we are his disciples. What is this love? It's the nature of God. And this nature interacting with us, people are able to observe and what they see is the glory of God. They see the knowledge of God. They see the nature of God. They see the word of God manifesting in our lives. The word, John says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. If we are the body of Christ, we are now the word of God made flesh. This is what God has done to us. He has given us his glory. He has given us his nature. He has given us his spirit. Emmanuel, God with us, is now Emmanuel, God in us. This is why Jesus said it is better for you that I go away because you know the spirit. The spirit is with you. But if I go away, the spirit will be in you. I want to I uh, share a couple of, of snapshots of John to help us to see this, what Jesus has done to us and how he transfers who he is to us. Let me, let me share this. So in, in John chapter 12, verse 44, I'm just going to say, you know, from John chapter 12, verse 44 to 17, I'm not going to quote all these passages just, just for the sake of time, but I want to encourage you to read it. John uh, chapter 12 through chapter 17. Jesus cries out and he says, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, see, uh, whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. This was Jesus' ministry. He said, I don't do anything but the, what the Father says and what the Father does. He says, for I have not spoken in my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what I say and what I speak. And I know that his command is eternal life. His commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one who rece whoever receives the one I send, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Here's what he's saying. This is John thirteen twenty. Check this out. This is so. This is such an honor to be a part of God's family. John chapter thirteen, verse twenty says, "Truly, truly." I say to you, whoever receives the one I send, 
that would be us, receives Jesus. And whoever receives Jesus receives the Father, the one who sent me. Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. So Jesus' ministry was to reveal the Father. He tells that to Philip. If you've, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus' ministry is to reveal the Father, to reveal the Word of God, to reveal the Spirit. But when Jesus ascends, that ministry becomes ours. This this is why it's so important that we take John 17 serious, that we would become one, because the same ministry that Jesus had, we now have. We are now called to reveal the Son and to reveal the Father. We are now called to reveal the nature of Jesus. The nature of Jesus is the Holy Spirit inside of us. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, and I'm so glad he defines this, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. In order for this to happen, God has to get inside of us. The love which with he's loved us, in order for us to love one another, it has to be God's love inside of us flowing between us. John 17 and the oneness that he is praying requires total surrender, total trust, laying down our lives and allowing God to be God inside of us. I want to give you a couple of examples. So with the 40 Days of Hope, we've also been ministering in Baja, California, which is Mexico. It's the peninsula in Mexico. And there's about 15 or so cities that the Lord has given us favor with. And so we've been going down uh, for the last year and a half and, and, and ministering. Uh, we've been doing a lot of emergency relief. We've been taking semi-truck loads of food down. God has just been really blessing us with the resources to be able to do that. So when we first met with, with the Baja leaders, we met in a city called Loreto and we had this kind of round table with all the leaders of the cities. And the Lord began to say to us, one, there is no border with the body of Christ. That, that Mexico, for, for the U.S., Mexico is not a mission field. These are our brothers and sisters. The Lord began to define family. He began to redefine how we look at one another. There is no border with the body of Christ. And he said, this is your family. And the Lord began to, to, to minister to us together as a group. And he instructed me, to begin to uh, wash the feet of the pastors. And we began to wash their feet, and the Lord showed me that there was a great door that opened as we were washing their feet and humbling ourselves and expressing the love of God. The Lord began to bond us together in ways none of us had ever experienced before. As a matter of fact, one pastor said, we have been praying for 40 years for this to happen. And as we were leaving, we were asking the question, Lord, 
we heard the word family, but we don't know what it means. What is this fam? What is it? What is the expression of this family? And as soon as we got we we got back to the states and we did a couple of other events, and then we started getting phone calls saying, because of COVID, we started getting phone calls saying, "I there's 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 um we have no food, we have no congregations can't meet, we have no money. I'm a pastor, I'm a leader in my city, and I have no food in my refrigerator." And the Lord began to stir in our hearts. I said, we're not a humanitarian uh, ministry. We just, we're, we're, we're prayer ministry. We, we're a connecting ministry. So we just put the word out. And immediately one large church said, hey, we just received $25,000. And we, we believe this is where God wants us to put it. And within two weeks, we were able to put together a semi-truck. And just this last uh, week, uh, or two weeks ago, we delivered our third semi-truck load of food. And we have watched how God has used what, what you would do for your own family, right? You would, you would do your best to provide for your own family. We have watched how God has used these gifts to open the hearts of the pastors and the churches throughout all of Baja. And then recently, the Lord put the widows on our heart. Because there are widows in every city, the pastor's widows, the pastor's wives who have lost their husband, and the Lord began to put them on our heart. And just recently, we went down to a city that's about two hours from where I live uh, in San Diego. It's called Ensenada. It's in Baja, California. And we, uh, we asked, can we meet with the widows? We want to give them a gift, a financial gift to bless them, to help them get by during this time. And we met with, with uh, seven of these widows, and they were in this, the, an auditorium, small auditorium. And my daughter uh, began to play worship. She began to sing and play worship. And, and as soon as we started worshiping, the heavens opened up. Everyone started crying. Everyone started to feel the grief of the loss of these widows and of these wives. And they began to share their testimonies with us. And I cried like, like half the time I was crying. I didn't even know why I was crying. And I just kept thinking, this is family. This is oneness. This is the love of God. And, and, and my wife had a vision of the husbands in heaven in their new in their, um, in their uh, 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 new bodies, and they were pointing at their wives. And we were able to hug them, and we were able to pray for them. One of the wives just started wailing. And we, and we, and we made, they, they were, God made a place for him to bring healing balm to these widows, and he's been teaching us, what does it look like to be one? What does it look like to actually allow the love of God? And I, and I bring this up for this purpose. This was one of the deepest, most meaningful meetings, meetings I have ever been in my entire life. I mean, I, it's hard to even explain and use words at the depth of God's love and care for these ladies and for us to be able to be there and be able to hold them and hug them and love on them and give them a gift and I even, we even saw them exchanging uh, numbers. They were encouraging each other, sitting together, and they were sharing the testimonies of the 
beauty of their husbands and what they had done in ministry. Many of them had spent over 30 years laying down their lives for the Lord as a couple. And we've been able to see family and oneness and the depth of care. And I share that story because a lot of times we can teach a message or, or share a word. But as I was even uh, typing out an email de- de- describing what had happened, it's, it's, almost, it, it's almost impossible to describe the depths of the love of God and the care. And I share this with us so that we'll open our hearts to this oneness that Jesus is talking about. We must, we need to pray and God needs to answer his own prayer that we would be one just as, as he is one with his father and that we would love one another just as the Lord loves us. It's not possible for us to do this in our own strength. We must yield to the spirit and agree with his love. I'll tell you in James, it says, it says that um, religion that is pure and undefiled is vid- visiting the orphan and the widows in their troubles and keeping oneself unstained from the world. And I have read that passage many times, and I have talked about that passage many times. But this last week, I had an opportunity to experience the depths of that passage and understand that the love in which God is talking about is much higher than often we ever experience. And I want to close today with this. I hope I've been able to communicate clearly today. There was a lot on my, um, a lot of thoughts I had, and I pray the Lord has, has helped you to hear this clearly. But what I want to end with today is that the Lord came to, to show us how we're to live on earth, just like he lived. He says to us, if you'll give me your life, I'll give you mine in exchange for yours. And as we surrender and as we trust him, he fills us with his life and we cooperate with that life. And we begin to live the life that Jesus lived. We get to do what Jesus did not only in praying for the sick, not only in seeing miracles and signs and wonders, but the Lord paid the price so that we could have the intimacy that he had with his Father. He paid that price for us to be able to call God our Abba. And in order for us to be one, as Jesus prayed, we must first recognize that we are one with the Father. We are his children, and his spirit lives in us. And it's that supernatural spirit, the Holy Spirit, that will cause us to cooperate with him and become one and see not our individual ministries, but we will begin to see his kingdom come and his will be done across our region, across our states, 
and across our nation. I remember there was a time when I was driving. I was on a long drive from the, from the Northern California to, to my house in Southern California. And the Lord had spoken to me and he said, I want you to dream bigger. And he had said it a couple of times and I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to take this serious. And on this drive, my wife and I began to pray about what he was saying. And the Lord said, it's about discipling nations. But it takes a nation to disciple nations. It takes a holy nation. And we are that holy nation. And it takes a united nation to disciple nations. This is God's call on our lives is for us to disciple the nations. But in order to do it, we must accept his love and love one another as he has loved us. And we must unite in the unity of the spirit and be one, just as the son is one with the father. So we have the capacity to be one with each other and one with the Lord. Father, I just thank you for this privilege to be able to share with such wonderful people who are devoted to you and who are seeking your face. Lord, I pray you bless them. I pray that you would give them revelation. I pray that you would fill them with your spirit. I pray that they would be baptized in your love and that you would, would make them like a magnet to connect with other believers and that they would be one with other believers. And I pray that you would teach us how to do family, the new creation family, how we can be one, Lord. I pray that you do it inside of us. In Jesus' holy name, amen.